You're listening to the Heroes Power Hour, presented by BlizzPro.com. Your hosts, Balrog Fan, Zexorus, and DJ Tyrant. Welcome, everyone, to the Heroes Power. This is episode 123 of the Heroes Storm podcast, brought to you by BlizzPro.com. I'm your host, as always, DJ Tyrant. With me, we have the full crew, and it's post-BlizzCon. We have tons of stuff to talk about. HGC concluded. We have a brand new champion of HGC and a repeat winner at that, but that spoils exactly who won. But anyways... Let's talk about our week in there games. There were three possible repeats. That doesn't spoil. Okay. Uh, Balrog fan BP, how has your week in gaming been? Uh, not too bad. I messed around with some of the new stuff, the new arena stuff in Hearthstone. I had fun with that for a while. And then um, BlizzCon came, and like everybody, I got super engorged during the Warcraft announcements and immediately turned my subscription back on. And then spent all of Sunday leveling a new character just because the world is gorgeous and Azeroth is a wonderful place to be. And, uh, yeah, we played the uh, pre-show games today, and that was awful. And uh, <laughs> I hate everything. It was pretty <laughs> rough. Zexorus, uh, how about you? What has your weekend games uh, been like? Uh, it's been pretty insane. Uh, like, you know, watched BlizzCon, decided to start raging uh got bad news from alebeard over the weekend and I've he, been tried, he tried he tried he did he did i'll give him credit he he actually asked the question um and so i've been on a tear demanding an answer from blizzard at this point uh i picked up stardew valley Did you? All right, all right. Let's. Oh, this yeah, isn't going to become up... the Stardew Power Hour. Sorry. Yeah, I did pick up Stardew Stardew Valley. I'm having and, a lot of fun. And with how it. many hours did you play on the first day? Not that many, because I like bought it at like one o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> I played like a few days, and then I was like, and I just kind of passed out. But I bought it on the Switch because I'm lazy, and I don't feel like playing it on the PC. But uh casted some tespa rectly everything all in all everything's good and i'm trying to figure out which way i gotta scoot i think i gotta scoot to the left because like half my face <laughs> is on the screen it looks better now anyways uh physical art uh Ooh. i saw you at blizzcon so i, I mean i saw you too did you I get much games <laughs> you didn't get much uh gaming in this week i'm i'm assuming not not so much. Um, I lost my voice on Friday morning. Uh, Willie can't really listen to me talk very much. Um, I played most of the demos. I did not play StarCraft because that's kind of a moot point for me. I don't know how to, so I just sit there staring at the buttons, wondering which ones to push. You just um, click as many as you can very fast. <laughs> you get a high APM and people think you're good. There we that's go. That's really all you need to worry about. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the thing about BlizzCon I love the most is that before BlizzCon is when everybody arrives and all the parties begin and all the meetups happen. So 
Thursday was this uh, event called Con Before the Storm, where they did meet and greets with a bunch of the HGC teams and a bunch of WoW Arena teams and streamers and all of that. And they do art gallery giveaways. Um, that's my favorite event. Uh, I think there's a Hearthstone Tavern brawl or something there as well. Yeah, they'd set that up so you could do but that. But it, it was really fun. Um, so I got to see my home team, and a couple of the other ones were hanging out in the area as well. We did play the Heroes demo a bunch. I practically lived in the new Blizzard World map. I think I played that demo like six times. And uh, did get to play Hanzo, did not get to play Alexstrasza. Saw their skins, and of course, you know, my first thing on the demos is, what does their slash dance and what does their slash taunt do? <laughs> uh, always very important to see. And after that, it was kind of the ceremonies and the... The trading booth, like we like the Dark Moon Fair, all the pins and the patches, and I don't think people realize how much of a black market that is. <laughs> the uh, the parts of BlizzCon you don't see are the trading. The trading goes on for about five days, so people can get their whole collections of everything. Yeah, it gets crazy because I never really got sucked into that in the past. But they brought out these uh, patches. Actually, let me let me grab my. So the goodie bag was this backpack. I'm... And they brought out these patches that you could get. And there were a whole bunch of official ones and then a bunch of community ones. And so since everyone was wearing their, their backpacks, they all you were... You my favorite, too. You get the Baby Ragnaros one. That one's my favorite. Yeah, that was oh, that's a good one. Um, a lot of people were asking me about this one in the middle here, the BlizzCon community one. Um, I got I got lucky and got invited to the, the Blizzard Mixer on Thursday night. And they were giving them out there. Um, but yeah, if, if you saw some, yeah. if you saw some of the community managers on the floor, they they would give them out as well. So yeah, there were a lot of fun hidden things. They always like to unleash stuff randomly. Like mm -hmm. some of the patches you could only find on the seats at this stage, and some of them they had given to the vendors, and they would just go around sticking them on people's bags without yeah. telling them. So Blizzard likes to do a lot of fun little things like did, that. Did um, you get the Mercy Wings, though? I, I was I unsuccessful. Uh, I had a couple friends who got it, including one who started the trend. He made a sign that says, we'll give hugs for Mercy Wings. I he saw that. I he saw was the that. first one to make that sign, and then about six other people had that sign within okay. 10 minutes. Maybe I didn't see them. Maybe I saw one of the imposters. But, uh, it was definitely, it was crazy. I mean, the opening ceremony, if anyone didn't watch it, go and watch it. There's a lot of new content coming out for a bunch of their games. Um, it was insane. The people there are crazy. The fact that they sold an entire second wave or third wave of tickets and still managed to fill every stage was nuts like hgc no longer shared with the warcraft arena like previous years they shared a stage and one had to go after the other both stages were full at the same time and now that they moved starcraft the overwatch arena was in the center and that was at capacity for about 10 hours every day it would just mm -hmm. people would leave and they would refill it right away the HGC stage, I don't think it was empty once the entire weekend. It was nuts how many people were there. Yeah, and also the interesting thing was instead of announcing all of the uh, big announcements during opening ceremonies on the main stage, they actually 
I had the Hearthstone announcements at the Hearthstone stage and the Overwatch announcements at the Overwatch stage. So I actually mm-hmm. went to the Overwatch arena to watch the opening ceremonies versus the main stage, which was kind of a, a unique experience. And that was fun. And definitely um, I, was sit- I was sitting next to a, a friend of mine who works at Blizzard uh, during open ceremonies. And it took me way too long to figure out that uh, JL and Brack w- w- was going for a vanilla joke with the ice cream joke. But about halfway through, <laughs> how I, did, how did I, take you I don't know. Time? But about halfway through, I look at him and I'm like, are you guys seriously doing this? And he, he just like smiles at me. Um, so Jeff was super I, sassy during the opening ceremony. Yeah. The jokes and the the payload jokes and the, he just mm-hmm. he cracked me up this year. He really did, Mr. Kaplan. Good job, Mr. Kaplan. Yeah, but in uh, all the uh, <laughs> in all the panels I saw him, and he was definitely usually stealing the show. Uh, he, he he has the most personality out of most of the people that I saw interviewed, anyways. Oh, and uh, speaking of personality. Uh, we have confirmed that Metzen snuck in. It was walking around in yeah. the sky of a beard and a baseball cap yeah yeah i saw him tweet later on about being you know undercover with his baseball hat that's pretty yeah. funny and we were actually pretty proud of the community because nobody like spammed twitter with a thousand selfies with him like he was there with his wife and his kids and actually people didn't find out he was there until like the second day that's cool i like i like that that happened um and yeah, I, I hope he's enjoying his retirement and stepping away from from Blizzard. But PFMG, we haven't forgotten about you. How was your weekend games? Uh, I watched. So I did not. I'm the only one here who didn't get a virtual ticket uh, because I'm a chump. Also a college student. Um, but uh, I watched the opening ceremonies live. Uh, I got really hyped for hot stuff. I got really hyped for the Warcraft expansion. Uh, that cinematic was amazing. Um, I'm intrigued by classic. I did not. I did not play well in vanilla. I got it when he said, "My favorite flavor is like cooking some I'm like, "Oh, this is where we're going." Yeah, yeah, that was about <laughs> yeah. where I got it too. Um, but yeah, it, it was really cool. And then I, I spent the next while like refreshing MMO Champ to get the the WoW updates and. I went to BlizzPro for all the other all the other ones. Um, read Charlie's <laughs> articles and all this, the hot news. Um, so I'm really excited about the changes that we'll get to talk about here later. Um, I did play Alex on PTR today. Uh, like two AI games. How I lost the second queue? one. Oh. <laughs> it was, no, it was like AI teammates. Um, so there was no queue. But I lost the second one because I had Vikings AI. And they just literally died. All the time, it's just like they just Thanks, walk Blizzard. at somebody and just die. Then be like, oh. "Well, great. At least I have two more Vikings to feed kills because this is great." Right. Oh my gosh, um, it's basically a four v six. But Jimmy, you can go. Yeah, but it really, I uh, just want to recap everything that was announced for those of you who somehow missed all the news of uh, BlizzCon. Axtras and Hanzo came out. There was a really great uh, trailer for that. Go check that out. Uh, also announced in a trailer, kind of just bullet points passing by, which I was honestly was not expecting any gameplay updates, but we are getting a personal MMR ranking kind of update where your personal uh, skill in the game will affect, I think, how much you, you lose or gain through um, yeah. 
through the, the uh, ranked matchmaking. Uh, also, stealth rework coming completely for all stealth heroes, as well as laning changes, which should be really interesting. Um, but that was most of the heroes news. They kind of I missed at... the I missed the laning change one. Could you expand on that uh, just a little bit? I think if I remember, removing, it's just the removing ammunition. yeah the removing the ammunition on towers. And uh, there is a bunch of globes are you know, like. They're neutral globes now. You can pick up both globes if you wanted. Oh, that's okay. right. And they let removed the bonus tower for forts. Like let the me... isolated one, not attached to anything. Yeah, let oh. me jump in. So like Carl said, the the standalone tower behind the fort walls, those are gone. Towers have infinite ammo. Forts have infinite ammo. Keeps have infinite ammo. Forts and keeps now also have true sight. Oh yeah, that's right. So let's see. The no laning changes. Laning changes, like uh, Carl said, globes start off as allied globes for four seconds and change to neutral globes for another four seconds. Um, <laughs> creeps are getting a small health buff. Um, they they want creeps to be meaningful for in terms of pushing. Mm -hmm. So they're getting especially with. The unlimited ammo at this point. So that's going to get a buff. Any changes? Camps are changing. Uh, Merc camps are changing. Uh, Siege Giants, you can now avoid all of, all of their attacks, either in lane or as you're taking them. Um, night camps, the spell, may, the spell knight will have a spell armor or around it. Hellbats reduce armor. Uh, and there's more changes on that. They said that will be coming down the line. Let's see. Yeah, what... And then the objective changes, where yeah. all maps are standardized to have their first objective spawn at either 1.30 or 3.30. Uh, the 3.30 ones are all the ones that make you leave lane, like uh, Sky Temple and probably Cursed and stuff like that, where you kind of stop laning and you go to an objective. Um, the stuff like, I think, like Braxis will probably open up earlier. Yeah. Um, and like spider queen is always open and stuff like that. So the whole thing is to try and make like they don't want to make like a, a like a 20 minute League of Legends landing phase, but they want to make it more than like the 30 seconds it is. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they're saying we are giving these kind of neutral globes. We're giving these later objective spawns to try and allow you to spend, you know, three minutes at least um, fighting your opposing laner and making that a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, I mean, all of that sounds pretty good in theory. Um, I like the idea of, of expanding the laning phase for sure, because there needs to be a little bit more of like a neutral game at the start, on, especially on certain maps. It just feels so awkward. Mm -hmm. uh, Warhead yeah. Junction's one that comes to mind, where you're just kind of like waiting around for the warheads to spawn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's like nothing to do. Yeah, and I think... Interestingly enough, from my limited exposure as a caster and trying to be like the, the analyst type caster, there's there's not much downtime in HODs. And I think having like just from like an esports perspective, like having that extra minute at the start for the caster to go like, here's what this team is trying to accomplish. Here's how they're going to do it. And then kind of go over some of the individual skill matchups uh, really allows some of that to grow before we get into the constant action. Mm hmm. I definitely agree. I There's quite a... enjoyed the reaction to the performance-based matchmaking announcement. 
Yeah, like, yeah, I want to touch on that real quick because that was actually, when I was watching the uh, What's Next panel, that was actually pretty interesting. Um, and they provided, like, a lot of, like, uh, examples and whatnot for that. So if you lose a game, you're still losing MMR. There's no way, there's no way around that. But with this new performance-based matchmaking, you're going to pro it sounds like you're going to lose far less MMR in a loss than what you normally would if you're out if you're like outperforming by a wide margin. Okay? And like they were giving examples for like Illidans. They're like basing this criteria on like damage soak, um, X or uh, amount of damage you've dealt, XP soak, uh, few uh, limited deaths and how often you're taking camps. So if you're doing those things, you're you're meeting metrics to be what they consider not bad at Illidan. Um, but like you take someone similar, let's say Kerrigan, you know, you've got those same three categories at the start, amount of damage, XP soak, limited deaths. But for her, it's more crowd control. How often are you landing, you know, your stuns, your combos, stuff like that. So that's actually, you know, pretty interesting to me personally. And then they went further and uh, brought up a master player who took a Bronze 5 account and ran it up to ma master. Mm. And they showed, like, his growth in the old system, which was, like, 140-some-odd games to get him into master rank. Um and then they charted that same progress using the new MMR system, and he would have hit master in literally half the time. So that, that to me that, was that's good because that'll help those lower MMR games, so people who are doing that kind of stuff get out of there quicker. Yeah, and it and it and they specifically said that that was to kind of root out the smurfing. Because, you know, a lot of people, I'm guilty of it too sometimes, people will make new accounts just to run in and just crush people and laugh <laughs> at and laugh at them, you know, like that poor Rainer. Um, oh, man. And, and, this, <laughs> and this gets those highly skilled players out of that range much quicker. So here's the question. Uh, if you, If your team wins, but you perform like crap, do you get less points? Yes. Yes. Okay. That that, that is make sure that it's is, a full system. That is the that is the implication. If if you win, you're still gaining MMR, but if you fed twenty kills over the course of that win, you're not going to gain nearly as much MMR unless it was like a hundred to a hundred in the kill score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I wonder so I if think... that's affected by the people who are constantly disconnecting as well. Yeah, and they they are taking people who purposely grief into account, and they they said they will be like automating that system, for you know, for punishments essentially, uh, yeah. where if they see, like they, they can utilize that data to find people who are like, intentionally griefing, like if they're playing a certain way and then all of a sudden, like it tanks really hard, like they they're like that's pr a pretty obvious indicator that. They're not playing how they should be playing. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so a lot of us aren't Grandmaster players playing in bronze. Um, but 
I think uh, I think the best thing the system can do is uh, will basically remove the uh, the Elo Hell argument. Um, like if you're actually stuck in a place where your teammates are holding you back, the system will reward you and say, "No, you're actually doing well. We'll boost you." If you're not getting any gains from the system, then Blizzard is literally telling you, "No, you're not being held back. You're just this good." I I wanna I I wanna agree with you on that, but the you're still gonna lose MMR mm-hmm. in a loss. Like I, I, mean, I understand I understand your argument that your wins should more than make up for your losses in terms of MMR. <laughs> Some people are just really unlucky though. Yeah. I I yeah. think what I guess my hope for this coming into the game is going to do is just encourage people to keep trying because at that point you feel like it's a lost game but you're still going to try because you're going to be like well i don't want to lose too much of my ranking mm-hmm. yeah my, and that my, could actually turn it around 6.5 out of 10 obviously yeah my my worry is is that a lot of people are going to care too much about those numbers they're going to throw in the towel early and then try to limit their deaths and stuff like that and just bail every you know team fight at us after a certain point you know that that's my worry yeah i mean the system usually like you said it rewards like oh how much time do you cc them and how many kills do you have and, and stuff like that so it's like yes not dying is a part of it um but playing to not die and not get anything done is going to be just as bad as playing really aggressively and dying all the time. Mm-hmm. Like people will have to find like the line to walk or they're just not going to get their bonus points. That, that's a fair point. Power Rock fan, it's I want to hear from you. Yeah. It's a better system and trolls are going to troll. I mean, no matter what you do, yeah. you're still going to get a, you know jerks that want to mess up your gameplay experience. There's really no real way around that other than, you know, teaching people how to be nice in school or something i I don't know yeah either either way like you're you're gonna run into that so this is a better system for figuring out people's talents so just they they need they need to get the belt teach them some manners before we move (laughs) on from this i've heard people say this system exists in overwatch and is not well received there so from our two actual overwatch players what are your thoughts on it oh man (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird system in there, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like the heroes team will implement it in a better way. Well, so you're saying it's, it's not there. It doesn't do well in Overwatch because of the implementation, like the idea can work. Yeah, I believe so. I, I, I don't always know, I, thought that the, the, the monkey wrench in that system for Overwatch was definitely the fact that people can change characters. Like, in Heroes, you're going to be committed to your yeah, once you take it, and then it's going to value your MMR based on that. Like, if you want to start messing around with a hero that you're kind of good with but you know isn't going to win you the game, like, midway through, you can do that in Overwatch. Yeah, that's like, kind oh, of the... No, we're not doing anything. I'm just going to be Tracer now. That's kind of the complexity of it. And also, if you generally play support in Overwatch... Um, there's definitely been times where you just do not get nearly as much, uh, rank gain as even, even if you're on the same rank as your, the, your friends you're playing with, they'll get more than you just cause they're on a carry. And I guess that's easier for the system to, de- to identify that you've done well on that. Um, and I guess that's obviously the, the concern 
uh, for the system in Heroes, but I think I think they have better tracking of of that. I mean, they already have it in game, kind of to a degree where you know at the score screen it pops up. Oh, you did X better than fifty percent of the player base on this hero. And the game does things like tracks clutch heals and you know time yeah. shielded things like that. Yeah, so I mean, it has those stats. You know, it measures like, okay, how many times do you die relative to the other hero? When it, whenever it doesn't pop up, it's probably because you died too much. Um, yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. they have they have these stats. So I don't I don't know what Overwatch system tracks. I feel like Hots has the tools to do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balrog, I I just have one more question before we move on for you. Uh, do you think the system will encourage you to try out uh, ranked again, or is ranked still not something you're <sighs> personally interested in i don't know like every now and again i get an itch to do it but i i get so salty every time i think about the idea that i'm still paying for the sins i made in the tech alpha like why am i trying to fight past that still i should have been like fresh you know when we got into my my rank would be so much better if i wasn't you know like that <laughs> one bad day of hots on the very first rank placement days mm-hmm. haunted me and it's it doesn't give you a lot of motivation and plus i mean let's uh, i mean we're five people with very different schedules and i like playing a lot with you guys but like just solo queue stuff i don't draw much enjoyment out of that it just kind of actively frustrates me most of the time so i i think this is just more of a, a team game for me and always will be if, if we had a group of five that was like really pushing to rank up i i'd be there but i you know just the idea of I'd love to say, yeah, these changes are really going to get me back there, but I just still can't see myself solo queuing. It's such an awful experience in Heroes. Mm-hmm. Maybe the voice integration will change that, but I feel like I'm just going to be called, you know, a bunch of slurs the whole time once voice chat comes up. I'd love <laughs> to be proven see, wrong. See, I, dis- I disagree, though. I think I've always thought this way, but having a game like this, you're in it for a good, what, 15 minutes to 30 minutes, and you can't communicate with your team outside of pinging things it i feel like that has a totally different reactionary time is being able to communicate like it's like skype teams versus quick play basically i agree i think i think the communication could definitely help for the people who use it responsibly yeah i think this is a very uh unique use case but it was available on the show floor and so i played a match with basically a four stack i solo solo queued in line essentially (laughs) uh and we played and we were calling out stuff and we like we like just dominated that game like i i don't know if the Obviously, you can't tell if the skill level is anywhere remotely even. Right. But mm-hmm. we were communicating, and we had a good time. We all were like, yeah, good game, everybody, and went our separate ways, and it felt good. And I, the, the nice thing about this voice uh, chat system, I think, is that it's going to be opt-in. So you won't be automatically put into it, which will be, uh, I think, yeah. good. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I don't know, it might be a slight barrier to, like, the voice chat might be a slight barrier to ranked for me. Just because, like, I like to play HOTS a lot where I'm kind of chilling and I have something else in the screen I'm trying to watch and all this is going on. It's like, I definitely agree that a voice chat should, 
you know, make it a more competitive experience. And like when I'm in ranked, I shouldn't really be queuing with the expectation that I'm not going to talk. Um, but I don't know like how often I'll be mentally like, yep, I'm going to get into this ranked game. I'm going to try and talk with all these people I don't know. And I'm going to try and work on this versus like, I'm just going to play an unranked draft mode and mute everybody and watch some esports on the side. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It, it, it definitely is going to help though. Um, I don't know. That'll help me personally play more, mm-hmm. but play more <laughs> solo anyways. Yeah. Cause like I said, all I, I could have like four or five or seven great games in that voice chat, but all it's going to take is one like person ruining an entire game for me, for me to just like hate it completely. Yeah. I hear you there. Um, Nope, nope, nope. You're getting my opinion on this. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Let me know, Mr. Dota. Yeah, sorry in advance, Elena. Dota has voice chat. It is the worst thing on the planet. I I enjoyed Hero so much because I don't have to hear that one guy constantly complain about Charlie going to his profile picture. Rip. Anyways, continue on. Yeah, no, it, it, it... when I when I would get into a game of Dota, the first thing I would do was mute everybody on the other team because nothing ever good came out of voice chat. I have played something like two thousand odd games of Dota and give mana, about, give uh, mana, yeah. call to give mana. Nobody's sorry, that's that I know. Except me and it's, you, I'm sorry. Of, yeah, it's one of the funniest things I've ever watched. But like nobody. Huh? No, I, uh, I know it's it, not that. It's yeah. I I I've been such uh so against having voice chat in heroes that like y'all about to see it's not gonna be a fun experience. <laughs> I'm I'm glad it's opt in. It's opt in rather than opt out because. I'm not the kind of person to just let let stuff go. I, I, you want to pull me down to your level? Fine. I'm used to fighting in the mud. I will get dirty <laughs> with you. I will be one of those guys who ends up having like a 20 year silence on my account. <laughs> you guys are why we can't have nice things. No, I usually keep my mouth shut until I finally get tired of it and someone starts. Yeah, but the whole the idea continuing. behind it is it's supposed to be for the good of ranking, for the for the people who do want to do better and think that communication will help them get that edge. Yeah, you're going to have the trash pile, but every game has the trash pile, but most video games have voice communication. You're not wrong. I, I'm completely acknowledging that it should be all those things. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys, don't get your hopes up. If it turns out wonderful, great. I was wrong. I will I will eat my words. Yep. <laughs> uh, you still owe me so a fruit hat, 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 so yeah, I don't I do. trust I that. No. <laughs> but I'm just saying, expect a lot of flaming. Ex- expect at least one guy you've got to mute every game. Yeah, but you're, you're talking to someone who deals with that on a daily basis. Between go make me a sandwich and girls can't play video games, like... You become immune to certain levels of trolling to where when you ignore it, they switch it off and they start paying attention to the game. I, you know, I, 
I don't think that's a fair comparison because, like, you have to, de- as a woman on the internet, you have to deal with a level of harassment that's not normal. Like, yeah. you have to deal with so much more crap than, like, Carl or myself or Charlie or even Jimmy. Well, nay, not so much Jimmy. Um, <laughs> like, he would have to just deal with, you know, so much more harassment just for saying hi. You know, and like, I don't think you're not wrong, but I don't think that's a fair comparison. I guess. So. Anyways, chat coming in a few months. Uh, We'll have to see how that is. The other big feature, though, uh, that was kind of glossed over. I feel like no one's really talked too much about this is the uh, new camera perspective. They're bringing the camera back up a little bit, which makes me happy. Especially as a an observer, I've, I'm watching the game in that that first zoom out has made me want that for playing heroes for yes over a year and a half. And getting that is going to be really nice. I'm really excited for it. Um, I don't think it was in the build at BlizzCon, but I don't know. There was a lot. There was a lot to kind of keep track of. Um, two new heroes along with all these uh, gameplay improvements coming sometime next year. And that's kind of a backhanded nerf to long range characters that Chromie's no longer hitting you from, you know, two no screens land, away. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just now a screen and a quarter away. You can actually see her, her skill range unless you just have really bad camera work. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm actually, uh, that was like the most exciting change for me. I was like, Oh, cause you know, I, I casting and stuff i'm i i want that pulled back camera so much more than anything else you know that's that's so nice to have Mm -hmm. and now we get it so yay uh G, what are your thoughts on on this our kind of ranged assassin specialist yeah i mean it's a strict upgrade it's uh it's nice to be able to see threats that are coming for you from further away a little bit sooner you know, I think there, there's that, that eSports game. Uh, I don't remember who was playing. It was like the Grey Mains and they're clearing on the Towers of Doom. And then the Tracer entered his screen and then he died. Oh, God, that blow up. Uh, so, you know, maybe with this feature, the Tracer entered his screen and then half a second later he died. So there's a chance he gets away. But probably yeah. not. No, probably not. Yeah, uh, no, so just the life of a ranged assassin is you get to see your death coming that much sooner. And it's great. The thing, okay, so here's the thing I, I want to touch base on, and I think this is really important. There was a question at the uh, What's Next uh, panel, and someone asked a re- I hate you so much. Now, right. see, you were the last person I thought would do <laughs> this. I expected this out of Charlie or Jimmy, maybe even Elena, but you were the last person. See, you've already derailed me. We're not, we're not. He's in a good spot right now. That's I what Blizzard told us. That's so what they've much. been telling us. I, I can't really believe it at this. You guys have to trigger him when he's on a good path. <laughs> like, <laughs> like here I am being serious for once. Put him back on the rails. All right, Zex. What, what were you going to discuss? So someone asked a question: If uh, there was the potential for McCree coming to the Nexus. And there is potential for McCree to come to the Nexus. The next question after that was, will he have a cigar? 
And if he does, will Ty- <laughs> will Tychus get his cigar back? And Blizzard answered, "We'll give Tychus McCree's cigar." <laughs> so that was that oh, was uh, maybe Tychus that, will like, just get him McCree's skin. And you were and you were thinking Willie was on a good train of thought. No, no. But <laughs> I, hey, he's so, still talking BlizzCon. So the other thing, the other thing that really like picked my interest during that that panel was something Carl like we we talked about a couple weeks ago with that uh, League of Legends style match finder. You know, you remember what we were talking about how yeah. you queue, in, queue into games on on uh, League. Yeah. Somebody asked if they thought about uh, implementing something like that for quick match, and it was no. We want quick match quick match to be something like the Wild West. We're making minor tweaks, but we feel by and large quick match is fine which i was actually really disappointed in because i really liked the little bit i played of league i really liked that q finder i thought that was you know a great way to you know play that game and they said no do q for hero league that's not coming back so did they say they would I was just going to one real quick point. Quick Match has become increasingly volatile with every hero and map release, and it's going to only get worse if they're going to leave it untouched. Yeah, uh, and I completely agree with that. I don't, I don't see them ever wanting to focus on that, though, because the, their whole point was, okay, you don't like playing Quick Match, but you don't want to play Hero League, so here's Unranked Draft. Like, Why would they touch up Quick Match when they already gave an entire separate game mode just for those people because well they, they've done it because they've done it in the past and the cues have been been changed to try to match up with what you have versus what the, yeah. the opposing team has i mean you used to have it where you could five stack and you'd have a a warrior three dps and support and you'd go up against five assassins or something like that and it was yeah. silly yeah, I, like I don't think they're like the answer they gave like did not satisfy me. I thought that was just so. Here's the question: no. I can see them abandoning quick match to the depths, and I will never enter there again. I'm fine; it's dead to me. But have they ruled out a role-based queue for draft modes? No, that question was not asked, and it did not come up during the panel that I watched. Um, Charlie, did it come up during your panel at all? I didn't hear anything asked like that, no. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, and the healing well will... They are looking into repositioning the healing well with the standalone tower being gone. So, okay. like, they don't like, like... They said it doesn't happen often, but they don't like people sniping the healing, uh, the healing, the healing wells in the early game. Kind of like how they thought uh, the strategy in the original brawls was just bum rush the healing well and win the game from there. <laughs> yeah, you know. And they were like, "No, it's fine. It's fine." I, I'm pretty everyone guilty was of like, hunting no. down the healing well myself. <laughs> no, I was too. Like that like, was. Okay. I can't really blame you because it's a valid tactic. It just sucks. Yeah, it was just <laughs> super annoying to deal with. Like it, it was an awful strategy that just produced so many results in brawls like, and it made the game unfun. Well not even brawls. I think I think what was it? 
Tomb of the Spider Queen, maybe? Where, like, my first thing was to go after the healing well in the bottom corner because there was a tunnel to it. Yeah, no, yeah, they, that was stuff like that is what they're trying to um, mm -hmm. avoid for now. So they're, they're definitely looking into repositioning that healing well with the standalone tower gone. And I, I actually, I really like that idea. That is uh, a good idea. And they noted that, uh, poor Charlie, um, that the standalone tower change is already in the game. With that standalone tower being gone, it's in Volskaya, they said. Isn't that the map he doesn't get to play? Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't played that yet. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't got to play that map. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, but like, and I thought about it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. You know, no, that standalone tower is gone. So, because that map, like, it's a large-ish map. But with that uh, that tower, that standalone tower gone, it feels massive. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like Warhead Junction size, and it's more of a Sky Temple size. You know, Sky Temple's big, but you can still get to from bottom to top in a, in a at a fairly decent clip. Like, but like Warhead Junction is, you know, set a nap alarm by the time you get to the top. <laughs> you know. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tapped out for. Uh, is it Esprat's time? No, no, we we no. need to talk about these new Not heroes, brand new heroes. Let's talk about them a little bit, at least. Uh, Alex Straza, the uh, Dragon Queen, is coming to the Nexus. Uh, be, she will be a uh, range support, and interestingly enough, she uses her own life as part of her healing kit. Uh, with the gift of life, sacrificing a percentage of her life to heal an ally. And then uh, Abundance, which is her other heal, puts a uh, circle on the ground and does uh, AoE heal. And it's a pretty big heal, but uh, you're going to need to it's coordinate that. It's like a three-second three, delay. Yeah, it's a three-second delay. It's very, very counterplayable. Mm-hmm. But it's also very obvious. counterplayable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Flame... Buffett uh, launched fireball burning damages over five and a half seconds. But if you heal, you hit uh, enemies that are already burning, it deals uh, bonus damage and slows them uh, and refunds the mana cost. So, yeah, that has a really low cooldown. I think it's like three seconds, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that's all fine. I think it's two. Or it might be two. It, I think it's, it's pretty two low. burn for five seconds, so you can just barely get a second one in if you miss yeah. the first attempt. So she has a pretty big uh, potential for poke, and mm -hmm. obviously being uh, from the Red Dragonflight, having that fire theming with her. But those are all nice and, and wonderful, but the, the big thing is the hero trait Dragon Queen. You turn into the dragon form of Alex Raza uh, after a 1.25 second cast time. You gain 500 health, and all of her abilities are empowered, um, and the basically making them better. And the separate dance. Oh, okay. That I didn't know. Good to know. And so, taunt. Dragon has a separate taunt too. <laughs> oh man. What, what was the dragon's range or like nine or something like that? Yeah, yeah the nine. Dragon, dragon form auto attack range is nine. It is amazing. <laughs> it's pretty insane. It and it is amazing. How so? You attack something from your fort wall. How far does that reach? 
I don't know. I think basic attack ranges are usually like four or five. Jesus. So yeah. almost what's, what's Almost halfway Rain, in the what's, lane. What's Rainer's attack range? Rainer's got... is probably five or six. Good God. <laughs> so, okay. So to be six. fair. That's, I think Rainer's farther, is six. To be farther than Valor's yes. Farflight. Queen. Yes. To be fair, that's, though, this only lasts 15 seconds. How long 24 is seconds if you take the 16 talent. There we go. <laughs> cooldown is like 150 seconds at least, but if not more. 120 or 150 seconds. And it's like Ragnaros' trait that it, it's uh, on cooldown when the game starts. Yes. But if you take the 4 talent, you get a 5 second cooldown reduction every time you hit a burning, dragon with, burning hero with E. It's nice. Lots of Dragon Queen. <laughs> so. There you I'm go. never playing another support again. Yeah. You don't uh, play support to begin with. I mean, I will yeah. when I have to. Like, if I'm last pick, we don't have a support, I'll pick a support. And if I'm oh, going to play, I'm pick out Straza here. Yeah. What a shame. She's actually fun. Like, I uh, No, she's super fun. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a support. It's whatever. Alex Straza is fun. I enjoyed playing her. The question, next question. Is she, like, considered a multi-class? No. She's a support. See, that's, okay. The, the E damage am... is not that big. Like, well, it's no, nice, I, but it's, I, it's not that big. I it's heard nice she poke. was like, going to be rumored as a support assassin. Yeah, no, I remember reading that rumor as well, but... Yeah, it would have been nice. I would have I mean, liked her, that, but true. dragon form, I didn't get to play her, but her dragon form does do a fair amount of damage. She's definitely uh, impactful. It's also I giant. Think, I don't actually remember what it was called, but it's something that puts like little green spots on the map in a trail and drops fire. Oh, one of the ults? Um, Are you talking about Cleansing Flame? Probably. Possibly. So, I, okay. I get the player, so I don't so, know, but she's doing a the, ton of damage. This is the ult I took. It's her second ult. Basically, she takes to the sky. So she's removed from the map during this. Uh, drops five fireballs over six seconds at the position of the mouse cursor. Deals damage to enemies or heals uh, heroes, and then uh, two seconds after dropping all fireballs, Alex tries to land at the position of the mouse cursor. You can make her basically move around the entire map, or at least vertically up and down the entire <laughs> map a, using yeah, this. It's definitely you can get between lanes with it. Um, yeah, I think you're you are a support. As much as I like to be an assassin player, it's probably it's better to actually heal people with this ult. Oh um, yeah, but if absolutely. Low, you can snipe them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun one though. You yeah, you get a... to soar over the battlefield, get your dragon shadow going, drop huge fireballs. It's a good time. Yeah, and the other heroic, I didn't get to play it, but it's it's pretty interesting. I think uh, really resourceful players will find some really unique places to use it. Called Life Binder, and mm -hmm. you bind Alexstrasza's life force with an allied hero, and after two seconds, the hero with a lower percentage of health is set to the same health percentage as the other hero. So obviously, this is big for. Uh, higher health targets such as warriors. Um, if Alexstrasza is able to stay away, Chogal, yeah, Chogal. Um, you can heal his entire health bar if you're if you're full health. Yeah, you can so take him from five HP to full. So it's basically a ancestral, is what people yeah. are going to try to use it as. It is. It's just the only thing is like you. One of you has to be high health for it to work. Mm -hmm. Um, so. This kind of brings us to the conversation. Like, Blizzard says she's a solo support. I don't know about that. 
I don't know because like their their idea for her is you heal people, you deplete your health with your Q, you get it gain it back with your W, and granted your W is a substantial heal, but it's so, hard to stand in that W for three seconds or even try and dip in at the end without them blowing you up with a flame strike or a frost. So who do you pair her with? Um a Anna. I was going to say, though, it wasn't the whole point of adding Anna to kind of move away from the double support every game. Well, they missed that. Because they, that yeah, they, they missed that, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. I think somebody... Maybe with AoE heals, because her one AoE heal is pretty hard to hit. Like Lucio? Um, yeah, Lucio or Rhaegar or Brightwing or something. Might be nice with her. I think her Q hill is pretty significant. It's on like a four or five second cooldown, I think. Um, so as long as you're full health, her Q hill is really is really nice. And then in your dragon form, it doesn't cost any health, and it's always just really big. So mm -hmm. I don't know. So dragon form Alexstrasza does not need another support. She's just fine. Um, the only question <laughs> is like, yeah, can you actually play the battlefield? around such that you're you're playing around your Alexstrasza and you're like, all right, we're not going to really take a big fight right now because our trade is down. Can we not give up that much during this 150 seconds? Or do we need another support so that we can actually win these team fights in between? So I don't know. It's a big, it's a long cooldown. She's going to be one of those supports who sucks at healing against Burst. Yeah. Oh, I hardly agree. I, I think it's going to be very hard for her to heal against supports. She'll probably be able to uh, solo pretty well against sustained damage comps, though. I mean, the, yeah, you can, like, target, but the, the potential, obviously, against sustained damage, they're probably not going to nuke you out in those three seconds where you need the, where you're waiting on the cooldown. Mm -hmm. Or That's... they'll just tweak it so you're not just sitting around waiting for that one cooldown. Yeah, that would probably be the case if she's not performing as they want mm -hmm. and she, then there's Hanzo she looks really fun but she looks like a weak support to me honestly yeah that's what I kind of felt after one game of playing her which is obviously all the information I need to right. make a full judgment Perfect sample on a size. year <laughs> uh, neither one of them seemed that like, like last year Ragnaros and Varian were like powerhouse heroes like neither one of these heroes they're good but they don't seem that way they, they just seem balance yeah they seem more of like a mix as opposed to holy moly i can't wait until this is released i can do all of these things and it's gonna be crazy uh, and they're gonna I, get... I can play as a dragon so. yeah no i definitely feel that way about it like yeah I don't know what you're talking Okay, Ragnaros. Like you're playing. No, the I am Lord. much more hyped to play Alexstrasza than Ragnaros. <laughs> Just remember, double dragons, double dragons. As I yes. show my BlizzCon shirt. Sorry. Uh, See, they could have <laughs> released Alexstrasza and Chromie together, and I would have been okay with that. And then they could have released Hanzo and Genji together, and I would have been okay with that too. Like they missed like a beautiful opportunity. Oh, but they have the voice lines coming. Between Chromie and Alexstrasza and Genji and Hanzo. I hope she's. Fun. I hope Alexstrasza says, "I should have been here first. 
<laughs> no, I mean, so here's the thing. Is they talked about how they learned from Chromie's development. Like, they tried to kind of make her a dragon at first, and it didn't work, and they kind of, like, took those lessons, and they applied it later. Like, I would have been mad if Chromie was the first physical dragon, like, the first with an actual dragon form. Mm-hmm. Right? That feels like, like, Chromie's a cool character. She shows up a lot. Apparently, she's giving us classic WoW. But, um, <laughs> like, she's too small to waste, like, the first dragon on. What's wrong with being small? I'm talking, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about her size at all. I don't care. That she's <laughs> like, she's, like, Alex Straza is the queen of the dragons. Like, this is a character you could say, yeah, this is our dragon. It had to be her or Deathwing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a dragon in the game. No, no one's getting Deathwing. <laughs> At this point, Deathwing is well, just a meme. Te- yeah, okay, yeah. T- technically, Sandragosa is in the game. De- 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 okay, that, is that what you're going for, Charlie? That's what I assumed. No, I was going to say anybody can be a dragon on Dragonshire. Oh, <laughs> oh. You just had to let him talk, Billy. Really? No, oh. I wanted to know where he was going with that. He was going to dad jokes. That's where he All was right. going. All right, so the <laughs> second half of the Double Dragons is obviously on, so, so yeah. uh, yay, more Overwatch heroes. I know we're all oh, so very so excited cool. about this. There's been, been so many Overwatch been, heroes lately. I've been very anti-Overwatch heroes, but we really need a ranged assassin, and his mechanics look pretty fun. So what about his mechanics excite you then? Because I know you I were really like the idea of the the ricochet shots in the enclosed areas. Like it showed him off, like people trying to escape from him in the bush and then getting hit by like seventeen arrows super quickly. <laughs> so like it's just not like an option. You have to escape differently from him. And like I said, I, I've been saying this for a while. Valas are really only good auto attack range support. And to kind of mirror those sentiments, they recently nerfed Vala and up Tychus and Rainer a little bit. Now, if we throw Genji in the mix for those picks Hanzo. with Hanzo. Uh, or Hanzo, I'm sorry, in the <laughs> in the pick in the in the mix for those picks, then we get a much healthier auto attack pool to choose from, especially if his damage is relevant and, and good, which I yeah. assume it will be. Um, I really like the idea of the storm shot too, like holding Q and kind of charging it and being able to move like pretty freely and dynamically and then just releasing your move when you need it. That I feel like that could be something that's going to be difficult to get used to initially, but it's going to be very, very rewarding and fun kind of mechanic for, um, you can move with the very few. Huh? I, I, you both talked at once. I said it's a Varus Q. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, so y'all will have to correct me um, since you actually went to BlizzCon and saw him played. But from what I heard, he has a slow auto attack. He does. Yeah, it's a really slow auto attack. very slow. He also has this talent, I forget what level it was, but one of his talent options is to one-shot minions. So if if he decides to do lane clearing, he has a talent that just one-shots everything. One of the, the the what's next panel, I think it was, or maybe it was Charlie's panel, but they they talked about Nova's anti tank shells, and them wanting Hanzo to kind of hit like that. And I think he has a chargeable auto attack, if I remember correctly. Like he can no. delay. No, that's his Q. His Q oh, is okay. a charged. Yeah. Well, you okay. think he move while you're doing his auto attack is separate, but, yeah, but... He's, he's more like a. a even like a poke or even like a burst auto attack one of the two like 
he's not going to be hitting like a voller or a rainer where it's like attack, 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 attack. Um, but it's going to be more like I like have very specific, like I'm going to hit, hit this Q, I'm going to put this one auto attack in, and it's going to be significant. That's Yeah, mm-hmm. his rotation looks fun and good. I and don't, uh, I don't his, his vision is very helpful for engaging around corners and, and he can behind jump walls. walls. Yeah. His wall jump is not nearly as Genji-like. Uh, his is more of a one-dimensional escape slash uh, advance type of thing to like what chase someone down with a scatter shot. What is the down on his wall jump? Uh, I don't remember That's the number. That's a good question. I wasn't oh, that, paying attention to the number. Is that a... Is that a okay, I didn't know if I was being or not. Is that a, a skill or a, a... It's a trait. Okay. That's like Genjo's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also not very, re- not like not reliable, but his he's more of a don't touch me character as mm-hmm. opposed to Genji is like I'm gonna get in your face. His is yeah. more of a don't get near me because I can move and focus. And his scatter shot feels like it has a pretty low cooldown to me. Um, same with his Q where it's like very easy to just keep going with him and keep mm-hmm. fighting. Did you play him? I played no. him a couple times. How mana gated was? I didn't really feel that much. Um, it was more of like a, because you know, at the demos it's a little different. Um, people are very hesitant to engage with him, but he, he feels slow, but he also feels like he could do a lot of damage because like, if you aim your scatter shots right, people can't get away from you. No matter how far away or what run abilities they have, if they have that one last hit point, like his scatter shot goes that far. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, one thing in the panel I watched, they didn't dive into. They just covered his Q and W. They never talked about the E or the ultimates. So, what is his E? E is the Vision One. Like, he has an Overwatch where you shoot any direction you want, and that point is revealed. Um, so does it, I mean, functionality-wise, is it like uh, uh, Tehran's Owl? Like, does it cover the whole screen, or? No, no it's an area. Point and click it, yeah. Or like it, a Farsight? Yeah, um, yeah similar to a Farsight. Time Pursuit. Yeah, but yeah. you can point it, you know, to a bush, over walls, through a wall to the other side, like, around a corner... Then um, one ult is the double dragons, mm-hmm. and it's really wide and does more damage in the center. It's like a whole lane wide for the full ult. Oh, okay. Uh, I will have to look at the Sierra page to be conveniently linked for the <laughs> dragon strike. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, no. That's it's it. dragon's, dragon's arrow. arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a It's an ash arrow. Or ash oh. Uh, it's a fire missile that travels across the battleground, explodes upon hitting an enemy hero, doing 100 damage to all nearby enemies and stunning them for half a second. After traveling a medium distance, the damage is increased to 200 and the stun duration is 1.25 seconds. After traveling a long distance, the damage is increased to 350 and the stun duration of 2 seconds. So, so it's this, an ash ult. I was yeah, just getting ready to say that. I was literally... Because <laughs> that's one of the few heroes I played and I managed to land a... Alt literally from the fountain onto someone that led to a triple kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it just, I uh, like Dragon's Arrow. I didn't it's take a really strike. strong engage tool. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you, you just can get these these picks where you're like, oh, hey, I know roughly they are. I'm going to fire this arrow. They're going to get stunned. 
and my team can engage under the stun target, and it's really, really great. I um, can see that working is... really well with uh, ETC and Garrosh. What's the uh, cooldown? Yeah, do we know on Dragon Arrow? Did either of you get it? I don't know. I I honestly didn't pay attention to the numbers while I was playing. I should have. Dragon, Dragon Sight looks like it's going to do a lot of damage. So I don't know. I think if you're getting engaged on more and you're fighting these closed corridors where they can't really escape the double dragons, that's going to be good. But if your your team is rely like you need to provide the engage to your team and you want to get picks off, um, I don't know. I don't think there's any situation where Dragon's Arrow is actually going to be bad. But people might pick Dragon Strike because it's, it's more fun to do damage. I think Dragon Strike <laughs> is going to be the I want to see this ult, but I think that one will be more map dependent than Dragon's Arrow will be. Mm -hmm. um, for like smaller close quarters, like Tomb of the Spider Queen and things like that. Because um, the, the more spread out maps, Dragon's mm -hmm. Arrow is far more helpful. Um, I did notice that on this Hanzo page that he has a, an elf skin, which is totally different from the skin we got to play on the demo. So there's a third skin? Yeah. Third, third guy skin? Am, am I allowed to? I don't know, because it was on the demo. You, if it's in the demo, it's totally fine to talk about. Okay, um, the demon skin from his Halloween kit with the black skin, uh, that was one of his skins in the demo. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's the it was the one that was real popular where he's got the white outfit and he's got the black mm. skin and the demon eyes. But this uh, elf skin is kind of far strider. That's kind of hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of the fun heroes. Is you can really mix up uh, the lore together. Um, it looks like Kalefoss is cosplaying. <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> so. I, now I actually like the idea of Hanzo in in the Nexus, and Charlie raised a really good point um, the other day, is because we need an actual sniper in the game that's not Chromie, and Nova's a joke. Yeah, as much as I am infinitely more hyped for Alex Straza as a character, I really don't care about Hanzo as a character. I love Alex Straza. I'm probably going to play so much more Hanzo than Alex Straza. It makes me sad. <laughs> yep. Oh, I mean, man. this this does seem... Like, his abilities do seem actually very yeah. useful, and especially his ultimate. Like, yep. what was the... the With the Sonic Arrow, like, large vision for eight seconds, and if it hits mm -hmm. an enemy, it follows them for eight seconds? That's insane. Mm. Yeah. That's got to be like a 16-second cooldown or something. It's got to be it a pretty significant cooldown. Yeah. It was not that long. Not like 16 seconds, though. So less really? than 16 seconds? Unless they change it. Like, when when are their release dates? Alex Straza is probably next week because she's on PTR okay. already. Okay. Um, it could be I a two-week PTR because of BlizzCon, but... She, yeah, we don't know. They're both they're both going to be out before the end of the year. That's all that was. Okay, like. so yeah. it's kind of like last year, one this month, maybe one next month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would not expect Hanzo this month. But um, I I just uh, I figured they'll take some of the feedback from the demos because there was a lot of people doing that, and go from there. The one thing that I didn't like about him is sometimes it felt kind of clunky. 
because his movements are very slow and his auto attack is slow compared to mm-hmm. a lot of the other characters. So it's definitely a timing thing that people have to get used to. It was brought up in the panel that his something isn't functioning right and it's affecting the way he plays. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I forget exactly what was said because it was a very detailed question asked, but Blizzard was like, yeah, what's on the floor right now isn't correct, Hanzo. PTR Hanzo will be the, yeah. the right mm-hmm. version. As and long also, as his basic attack damage is actually really high, the slow attack speed isn't that big a deal. Yeah. Um, and like the, the scatter shot, it, it can go very wrong if you miss like your angle even a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it, it was pretty cute because it showed like it aiming it pretty close off a wall and it's splitting it off into like eight, nine different directions. So I imagine mm-hmm. there, there are times where you think you're going to shoot and it just goes, you get the Diablo uh aoe effect where it just goes around the hero rather than actually hitting them Mm -hmm. yeah one thing to be said about slow attack speed heroes is that like if they have the same theoretical dps as a faster attack speed hero they're gonna be they're gonna do more actual dps um because it's hard to stand still and constantly auto attack at a high speed and actually dodge skill shots but when you only have to weave in one attack every second and a half or whatever then you can do that. It's not that hard, and you can get your full DPS in. Um, yeah. So as long as his base AD is actually impactful, he's gonna he's gonna weave in that those damage, and it's gonna be really cool. Mm-hmm. What's that for? Yeah, I think um, they also said initially his uh, cooldown was gonna be three seconds, and then they realized they were insane and brought it down to one and a half. Mm-hmm. For his auto attack. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, initially they were going to do three seconds is what they said. Man, That's that thing crazy. would do half of a Tracer's health or something. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you yeah. would have just, like, sat in the corner. Right. You you get healed up from Lucio ticks before, the you know, the overheals the auto-attack damage from three seconds from three seconds of Lucio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a hard counter. Most definitely. Well, on top of all the BlizzCon stuff, there was the conclusion of HEC. We do have um, some eSprouts. Yeah, we have some eSprouts to talk about. We didn't get to talk about opening week last week, but I wanted to very quickly uh, ask what you thought was the biggest surprise of the group stages. Um, three NA teams getting out? Yeah, three NA teams getting out. I would say, I would say, wow. temp- I would say Tempo Storm uh, turning around in the middle of the series, uh, basically on the brink of being eliminated from... Uh, group stage and pulling out some strats that obviously worked with the Kerrigan. Um, yeah. Most surprising for me was Dignitas getting out in the first round. Wait, what? Oh, we're talking about group stages right now. Oh, you meant the round of eight. <laughs> but this round of eight, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, group stage. Oh, you're. This house getting out of groups was not surprising. <laughs> Yeah. See, um, that was your answer. Like, that surprises me. What? I, I thought Carl definitely would have said, would have. I mean, okay, yeah, all NA teams getting out is pretty surprising, but you were just mind shattered over <laughs> Roll Twenty beating. Uh, I mean, that's Tempest. part of three NA teams Mining. getting out of groups. Yeah, yeah. but that but, one messed with you. Like, you were legitimately messed up over that. Okay. Okay, you were all dumb because it didn't mess with any of the rest of you. Like, <laughs> this is a, a North American team just beat a Korean team. 
Yeah, that's, that, 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 like Cloud Nine did that in 2015 with Murky Cheese. We were all happy and we were like, and yeah, it was, and gone. It was, it was against the Korean team who were so cocky. They said everyone else should just have fun because we're here to win and they need yeah. to get taken down a peg. Yeah, so, so you know, good on Cloud Nine. I'm glad they did it. They cheesed their way into a victory. Roll 20 actually beat a Korean team and that was insane. That was actually insane. Well, we talked about this. We talked about how some of the Korean teams and some of the European teams weren't prepared for the newer teams being better and getting better. They were just relying on the fact that they are good. We talked about that before, and it showed in the group stages and in the top eight. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I did share Carl's sentiments that it was absolutely bananas that they actually delivered because that's just a, a Korean team. It yeah. was insane, but yeah, I mean... But not I all... My biggest... I, I don't know. I, I just... I'm annoyed by the cheese narrative. Like, I, I guess it's not my biggest surprise, but that's what I took out of group stages. I hate it how everyone's like, oh yeah, they just cheesed their way there, though. It's like, no, they really didn't. I mean, first off, Roll20 in no way cheesed their way. Uh, uh, no, okay, they cheesed Warhead Junction. And you know what I had to deal with all week, or all of Sunday? Because the first map was Warhead Junction. Variations of that exact comp. Like, and they, both teams lost. Yeah. Okay. But like, Are you talking about the five-minute game? No, the one where uh, Roll20 played on Warhead, and then they just took boss all game. They got one boss push with the oh, grand the... bottom, got that that boss, and by the time that boss is done, the top boss respawned. Yeah, so they ran it? and got that. and Three bosses in 11 minutes and 15 seconds it was. Yeah, yeah. And, like, people were doing that all weekend, and it was just like, no, you guys don't. You guys are okay, but like you don't have Roll Twenty's <laughs> coordination. So here's for this. what what cheese is, right? Cheese works because the enemy doesn't know what's going, what's happening. If the enemy understood it, it wouldn't work, and that's mm -hmm. cheese. Yeah. Right. If you're saying like we're gonna pick this thing, and it's not actually a good strategy, but if you're not prepared for it, it's a good strategy. That's, that's cheese. my that's my inherent problem with them calling it cheese at the highest levels of gameplay if you're in group stages and you're on your way to blizzcon you shouldn't be throwing out the wham wham i got cheesed excuse you should have been prepared for that yeah like that and if you just spend your entire time scrimming against top tier meta that's kind of your fault like you should be thinking about the weird things that can happen in this game because there's now like 60 70 plus heroes and eight maps total and, possibility at any given like there's a lot of things that can happen so like when it doesn't play when a game doesn't play out the way everyone expects it to it's immediately thrown like cheese starts getting thrown around and then you see caldor yeah. tweeting about it like i i just think that's that's not it's not a fair representation of the skill level of the players who worked hard to come up with a strategy that would get them a win in a clutch situation yeah, mm -hmm. and and for a strat like what Roll Twenty ran, like that that's not so much cheese as in as it's an all in strat. 
Like they are right. banking on this one thing to work, and if it gets countered, there goes the game. It's not like something that'll drag out a game, like, like uh, you know, picking a murky where at least you can kind of delay the game to you know late levels with him, even if you're getting kind of railroaded. Like this is it works or we lose. And for them, it, you know, that's diff- like to me, that's the difference between an all in strat versus a cheese strat. It, there is no gray area with an all in strat. It is we win hard or we just simply don't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't I don't really think Sam was Sam a part of that one yeah, game. Uh, yeah. The he was part of one of the games. Battlefield uh, of Eternity. Yep, yeah. and that was against Ballistics, and that was the yeah. one they won. Yeah, I mean, a... they too had Ballistics, so they won all their games versus Ballistics. So, Simro was weird. There were definitely games where NA won, and it wasn't like this was a really weird cheese strategy that nobody expected and whatever. Like, NA had respectable wins. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to say that NA just, you know, they didn't deserve any of the stuff they got. Like, NA actually did well. Um, and like I said, three and eight teams getting out of group was crazy. I expected freedom to get out and that was it. Right. Freedom mm-hmm. had a uh, fanatic in a group and then like a wildcard team and a Chinese team with three subs. So like if freedom didn't get out of that group, then it would, have been... <laughs> there would have been chaos. Question. Yeah. So the weird thing was Elena calling tempo storms group. <laughs> perfectly. Like that was, that Thank blew, that you. blew my mind. Cause like we were looking at that, like when when you were gone and we were talking about your picks, we we're like, wait, she's got CE beating Tempo Storm, but she's got Tempo Storm moving on, which means like they're gonna get through. Tempo's gonna move on through the lower bracket, and lo and behold, you were a hundred percent correct. So Tempo's good, one of those... good on you for that. One. Like, <laughs> I was, I was. Tempo was just one of those teams that, like some others, like they need to get revved up. Like they don't come into it like, like a steamroller like MVP Black did. Like they, it, not not necessarily a warm up, but they just like it's almost like they need to test the waters. It's just something I've noticed about watching them. I at uh, a, a side note, I don't like the single limb format. Not for a tournament that important. Yeah, that made it really interesting like, though. At least the the last the, two the, series on the first day. Yeah. Uh, Tempo took a game off Fnatic and Roll20 took a game off Ballistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I I'm, I disagree with Willie, and we've saved our points each other in the group chat. I think a single limb <laughs> is fine, but I don't want to see best of threes at BlizzCon in the bracket stage. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Because no, that's, that's the fine. weekly league play is best of fives. Like, yeah. Noventic versus Even in Death was a best of five. But we got... <laughs> A best of three in the round of eight in BlizzCon. Yeah, and that, like, I, and I'm sorry, the international has just spoiled me. Like, it, it is, uh, granted, they have a lot, a lot more time to get those games out of the way and everything. And I'm sure it's, it's the same with Worlds, that they have a whole Worlds week. Worlds is over to... a month. Worlds is super long. No, I'm not kidding. No, he's Why not. Is they, do, it... they do like one weekend or no group stages, two weeks, 
Why like is it four that days that... a week for two weeks, and then the next weekend is quarterfinals. The next weekend is semis. The next weekend is finals. So what oh, is it like? Oh, just and stages all the way through. Like what is going on with that? Why is it so long? It's kind of like how dorm operates. Yeah, I mean it's it's they do uh, best of fives starting from quarters. Okay, and legends, uh-huh. and so it just Hold on. and also each stage is in a different me... location, like yes. physical let, location. Let me... How many teams go to Worlds? 16. Well, it, it's more this year with the plans, but starting for actual Worlds is 16 teams. So the first two weeks of Worlds are you have four groups of four and you play a double round robin. Double double best of one round robin. So each okay. team plays six games except to play the other three teams in their group twice. And that takes place over two weeks with, I think, four days a week. Maybe three days a week. Um of of this gameplay so there's like this delay between week one and week two and you kind of get like all right here's where we think stuff happens after week one and then na crumbles in week two we never make it out of groups except for cloud nine and is last hope um but like it kind of gives you this this time for like adaptation where you kind of like okay we come into worlds and we think the meta is this thing and that's how that's you know week one for for group stages goes and then teams get to scrim they get more time for scrim they get to see how the meta turns out and then week two looks completely different as teams have figured out more stuff and have kind of understand the meta more and you get the results out of groups and so that happens so that's your first two weeks and then week three on a weekend over the two days of the weekend they do the uh the the quarterfinals uh the round of eight and they do those and then the next weekend, they do the semis. And then the next weekend, they do the finals. And they split it out. And, like, there's really no reason to actually have to do the semis and the finals a week apart. But they like to. They just stretch this thing out over an obscene amount of time. Okay. So, to in comparison, uh, for, for, for Dota. And, again, sorry, Elena. I know you hate this. Um, they do 18, 18 teams. Group stage is four days. Um uh, Split into two groups of nine. Uh, I believe everybody plays each other twice. Yeah, 16 games. So, yeah, everybody plays each other twice. Similar format, but they do it over four days. Um, and then the main event is one, two, three, is, is six days. Where the, the very start, like... This is the thing that I, I and I don't even like this. Like, the lower bracket starts are best of ones first round. I hate that so much. I and and to give you an idea of how much money was made, thirteenth through sixteenth place made one hundred twenty three thousand dollars each. If you got past that, it went up two hundred thousand dollars. So if you got ninth through twelfth, if you got seventh or eighth, six hundred thousand. So essentially, if you got seventh or eighth at internationals, you just won BlizzCon money. So the question is, why is the scope of it that different? Like, what is the line between? You talking about time played or prize pool? Prize pool, like why prize pool and like interest and the Players. time okay. frame and everything. Dota has hats. I mean, literally, that's yeah. the reason why Dota's yep. prize pool reaches what just south of thirty million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Like, is crowd, it's basically crowdfunded yeah, prize yeah. pool? It, like, you can buy various items, and twenty five percent of that 
goes to the prize pool. Valve keeps the other 75% for themselves. So take that into mind just, when you it, hear that $30 million, you know, that $26, $27 million prize pool. That, so, that's only 25% of the total so sales. Bli so Blizzard did do this uh, with StarCraft II this year. And they messed they sold, it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I... I'm interested to see what they do with it next year. And speaking of which, this is a random BlizzCon story, but I met uh, Gladman. You met him? Yes. Met him? Yes. What? He was at God. BlizzCon. Was he like what? in a suit made of money? No, but the dude is like super ripped. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Did you ask him why he has so much money? No, you don't ask people like that. That no, kind of question. No, Punk, you ask him what? How much did he donate? Like a hundred grand just to HGC? It's something like, like it, that. It's it absurd. Ridiculous amount of He's money. He's kind of like a myth in the community. It seems you like ask him something. Like if I met, I'm like, dude, why do you have so much money? <laughs> like I see this guy walking around with Ko. I'm like, Ko, who's this guy? He's like, oh, that's Gladman. I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just touch your hand? Oh yeah, my goodness! I, so okay, sure. all right, we're we're getting off rails. Carl, funding makes a difference, and just to be frank, Dota Two has more players than Heroes of the Storm. Right? What? Valve rakes in more money from Dota than Blizzard does from Heroes of the Storm. Valve has more players to crowdfund their tournament than Heroes of the Storm does. Well, wait. With this change well, to uh, skins, Blizzard might just start making more money. They might. To skins. Help me out here. Okay. Oh, if you, you oh oh no, this is gonna be another thirty minute discussion. We, uh, we should well, touch on this real quick okay. and then get back to the okay. actual bracket well, stage of the HEC. Oh, okay, Cliff Notes: With the release of Alex Straza, her skins will only be available with gems. Moving on. The release skin that, that is, the is only available thing, with gems. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Yes. They did it because people said they feel like they want to be able to buy skins with gems at any point, and they they hate it going away, and they have to use shards. So Blizzard said, how about we make it permanently available for gems? But if we're going to do that, we can't let you make it with shards. Okay. Which just wasn't uh, what we were asking, but okay. How about we get rid of gems and just let us like do cash transactions? Like, I'd like to use my PayPal again at some like point. Like Heroes 1.0? Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with that system. My own, yeah. So I don't even care if it's gems. I just want things to actually be available at all points in time. Yeah, that's fair. And they just need to open up skins to community content yep so anyways yeah, actual on. bracket stage it was very surprising and they all got out china did not get out of groups um I'm surprised at that i mean i expected at least one you i know? felt I, like, like one they should have gotten subs, out but like we like, talked about that where i don't understand what it is about that is the only region that has ever had problems and a they consistently have the same problem every single year. China and the U.S. don't play well together. No, no, that's not a valid excuse. Didn't the Overwatch team have the same problem? I think so. Yeah, I believe that, so. That's what I, that's what I heard. Okay, so Valve, Dota 2, every year, every member of China makes it. No problems at all, period. I've never... I mean, that's true about League as well. The Russians have more problems getting to America. I, I will say the Chinese, like, it is actually more difficult than other nations for the Chinese players to get a visa. 
I just I wonder if it has but, something to do with whoever the handler is with getting the visas or getting them like on schedule with the visas or something. It just I don't know. It just seems like like the Korean teams never have any issues. The European teams never have any issues. South America, no one. Australia, nothing. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great. This is a great mystery. It's weird. <laughs> but okay, no Chinese teams made it out. We had bracket stage. First game was MVP Black versus Tempo Storm. Rest in peace, NA. You will be missed. Yep. I will say I really oh, enjoyed. No, it was freedom. Sorry. Yeah. I will say I really enjoyed that silly strategy on Towers of Doom that Fnatic or Tempo stole that game from Fnatic, where they used uh, Mediv and Garrosh. And I was sitting with a, a bunch of community people, and we kind of saw it happening as they were playing out. We're like, because we were all thinking, oh, what what ult is is Medivh going to take? And then we realized, oh, 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 they're going to take uh uh the the sheep ult, and then just taunt Poly people, polybomb it. And so every time it happened, we just went nuts because it was such a <laughs> it's such a fun combo to see happen. And obviously, we, yeah. we know what happened after that, though. Uh, Fnatic yeah. uh, was like, wait, we're Fnatic. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the biggest... So, okay. Tempo took a game off of Fnatic, which was huge. Roll20 took a game off of Ballistics, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was game, really cool. That was a very patient game, too. That yeah. was a longer game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Expert 2-0 Dig. Uh, game two, Dig was in control. They got really close, and then Expert just kind of dominated the bottom lane on towers and won the game. I like could that. not believe that. That it game. was a crazy. Like game. if you if you watch one I game like from I this, where you watch those two. That that game two on Towers of Doom between Expert and Dig. Expert I, looked out of that game, and they clawed yeah. their way back in. Like yeah. I did not expect. First of all, I didn't see Dig and Toss losing that round, but two yeah, and knowing. No like nothing against expert i think expert is very good i just didn't see dignitas not advancing to the final four yeah i mean dig's a great team they've been really high up there in the past experts new to international events and dignitas has beat them locally but expert hold it out and i'm proud of them they did great yeah go bad benny and his new shaved face <laughs> i know <laughs> uh, so there that was really the only actual upset of, of the round of eight uh, if you're not counting like the fact that they got games off. Um, round of four happened. And the semifinals were MVP Black versus Expert. Which was pretty unfortunately one-sided. Yeah, that was mm. that was kind of not painful to watch, but like kind of like if you go to another event, you still know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's like, I mean... And people like was just in control of those games. Like they were going to win, and they did it, and they executed it well. And it was like, well, MVP like, Black is the better team. But we've discussed this where I said like, what what all did MVP Black do between midseason brawl and this that changed so much for them? Uh, I think they didn't lose the series <laughs> at all. Yeah, because like them dropping out of midseason brawl, they had changes, right? They said the major so. driving force was their scrims with Dig, right? Or was it Fnatic? 
They yeah, were streaming I mean, with one of the European teams quite a bit, and they said they learned a lot about yeah. how to play the game from scrimming with, I, I can't remember if it was Dig, Dig or Fnatic. Because mm-hmm. in in the four months between Midseason Brawl and BlizzCon, they, they completely changed how they play. They completely changed like the way they did. Um, because like you remember, MVP Black and Midseason Brawl, they only banned what their current region meta was. They didn't pay attention to anyone except Dignitas, and they said they didn't pay attention or prepare for anyone except Dignitas, and this was totally different for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely seem to come in with the idea that they couldn't half-ass it anymore. The, the <laughs> famous comment they made a few years ago where they said they basically didn't have to practice or whatever, and they mm-hmm. felt like everybody else needed to catch up to them or whatever. Then they went on the losing streak, and I think they finally found the right attitude for playing the game. And it, the skill was all the skill level was always there. They just had kind of a crappy. Yeah, reset game. is actually insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Stop. Play, stop letting him have Lee Ming. Stop letting <laughs> him play the game. Yeah. If you don't want to see anything, people like just ban reset. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, the other semifinal was Fnatic versus Ballistics. Which yeah. was another 3-0, right? Yes. It was. Fnatic, Fnatic 3-0'd them. The first game was really close. Second game was not that close. Third game, Fnatic won in like 11 minutes. Um, they got progressively more dominant. Um, they looked good. It kind of gave me some confidence going to it. was like, ooh, Fnatic struggled against, World- yeah. against Tempo Storm. It was like, no, they, they looked yeah, really good at Ballistics. Yeah, was it the second or third game? They pulled a, like a 10 or 11 minute boss march on the core. Yeah, that was the third game. Yeah. That was kind of a, it's over. Mm-hmm. Well, because I know a lot of people, what was it? It was either during the Tempo Storm ones. It might have been during the Tempo Storm match where people were getting frustrated with uh, Schwimby's uh, Medivh play how he was getting too cocky with the sprays and not paying enough attention to the game. Yeah. So I think that was kind of a, they needed to take five and regroup from that. Mm-hmm. They played well. And in the finals, game one was actually crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Cursed Hollow. Fnatic was winning the early game. They had a multiple, they had a Falstad on their team. Um, and uh, they got a they got a boss, and then they traded the boss for Curse. And MVP fought them, and won the team fight. But Falstead flew to the core. Was this? I think it was Falstead flew to the core to push with the boss and got it down to like thirty percent. Yeah, it was something like that. I remember that. Um, he he like he ducked out of the team fight early, flew to the boss, walked with like took it in and got the core down to like thirty percent, I think. Um, yeah, cause I, I, they had to back because they were trying they were gonna counter push in the bottom. Yeah. Line, so uh, MVP couldn't actually get anything done with the the curse, and then later, I want to say later, Dig tried to all in and Falstead didn't fly in, and it didn't work. And then Fnatic actually, they managed to end the game at some point. Uh, they were pretty clever bait. Like, I think MVP got a top boss, and then they made MVP back off so they didn't get backdoored, and they dealt with the top boss really well, and then they went in and they ended the game, and it was it was pretty well played for Fnatic. They put themselves kind of in a space where they're behind with some of those core calls, but they're also in a position where they can end at any time. Mm-hmm. It, was really, it was a really interesting game to watch. 
Uh, I don't specifically remember the other three games. MVP Black was mostly in control for the rest of the series, though. Yeah, the Tomb of the Spider Queen uh, match, which was the final game, it was definitely within Fnatic's reach. But yeah. they just kind of fell apart a little bit at the end and uh, reset once again on the, the Chromie. Just uh, a little too much for them to deal yeah. with. Um, I, don't, I don't know about Zex, but I was kind of in the boat where like I wanted to watch more, but I wrote, I didn't really have the time with uh, the coverage. Yeah, that's yeah, that's and then like and then you guys probably have BlizzCon too all over the place. Yeah, that's the thing with BlizzCon is the problem is I'm a fan of basically all their games, so I'm kind of all over the place. Um, but yeah, I made sure to watch the the Tempest Storm fanatic series and then. Uh, they caught a bit at the finals as well. I, I sat in have... front of my TV for the finals, so I watched it all. What, Willie? I just had the one panel on, on uh, day two, so I got to watch. I don't remember which set was going on. I think it was uh, whoever Expert was playing, but I pretty much knew Expert was going to get smashed by MVP, so... That's pretty much it. Yeah. So and then I gotta watch the rest of the rest of the fun. But but like I said, um, when I was talking to them, for as sad as I am that and they didn't make it out of the top eight, I also look forward to next year because there's a lot of new things and it's a lot of beginning points for next year. So the fact that it is still exponentially growing and getting better is a good sign. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, at some point in the past, Zex just tried to pass off NA taking one game in 13 out of EU was progress. That was nonsense. <laughs> this is progress, though. This is really good. Like, NA beat a Korean team. Uh, they beat a Chinese team with one sub, but, hey, it was still a CE. Um, they took games off Fnatic, they took games off Ballistics. Like, this was a really good year for NA. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't, like, come out of this as, like, yeah, we're the most dominant region, but they proved they're better than China. They proved that the best of NA can can compete, right? Maybe we're not gonna win the series, but we're not gonna like look like idiots when we when we lose. Yes, so we definitely are. Definitely in the future, you know. Like NA, NA could could pull something out, you know. Maybe maybe next year NA beats you know Expert or or even Dig or something. Or well, it'll it'll be an interesting change because now we have. Uh, where's he from? South America. We have South America player joining the NA Sharpie. roster. Or Not trying sure to. He'll be joining. So who? Old what it's... now? Jay Sharpie uh, is moving to North America to try to join HEC team. Now is that the arms guy? Is that Mr. Flexing? Uh, uh, from Red from Red Canet. Yes, Canids? I think so. I believe so. Yeah, that's the arms guy. Uh, so great, we get to see him flex every weekend. You're, this is assuming he makes it on a new team. Yeah, he will. He's not a bad player. Yeah. The 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 other news uh, that came out of BlizzCon as far as esports, as far as roster changes, really quickly. I know we're running really long. Uh, Prismaticism became a free agent, so Roll Twenty already making moves with their roster going forward. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, just to really touch on it, in Game 3 of World 20 versus Ballistics, 
they had the single worst draft in the history of mankind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what possibly could have made them think that was a good idea, but it was wrong. And yeah. They lost I, the game. Like I, I saw that. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I yeah. saw that lost Vikings pick. Yeah. I was like, well, this is done. Like they're gonna. They, they drafted it into a gray main. They drafted it into, into a Zeratul. Like, into a Zeratul yeah, gray main. Like it, I have no idea what you guys were thinking. Like but the guys... game, the game wasn't even a minute old, and like one of the Vikings was dead. Yeah, I mean the like, game wasn't that... three minutes old, and the Vikings had like five deaths. It was, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. No, it was. It was. You're right. It was single. Like I'm more annoyed at that draft than I was at Freedom, trying that boss core rush with one less nuke than the other team like that set me like that set me off but the the uh that draft just was like i don't know what you were thinking but all of you must have blacked out and somebody's face hit the keyboard on vikings (laughs) Um, i I honestly think they had like an idea for a strategy during like warhead junction or garden of terror or something like that like that that's the only time you pick vikings and even then it's sketchy to pick them into zero toll gray main they had a it's not it's just... sketchy it's wrong <laughs> like but it's, uh, not, sketchy it's about not something it. they haven't done before because they they've done this multiple times in the last like five months where they pick something weird for a very specific reason and a very specific plan, they just couldn't execute this one. They Charlotte. did the same thing when they picked Hammer. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, usually when they pull something out there, like, you can kind of see the synergy. You see, like, okay, this is why this works. Right? But and usually you don't see it until, like, level 13 I'm, to 16. I'm... I'm fine with them doing stuff like that, honestly, but I mean, I don't think game three in a decisive, you know, elimination series at BlizzCon is the time to be testing out weird strategies that might or might not work. Yeah, you you bet the farm on a dead cow. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> there's, like, there's, there's, there's no... like, we're going to draft a Kerrigan here, and like, that's pretty aggressive, and, you know, maybe they've got a plan they can make it work. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, we're going to pick Vikings into Greyman Zeratul with a comp that doesn't support Vikings at all. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Like, the Samuro pick on Battlefield was actually pretty smart. That was a smart pick. Like, it worked out very well for that comp. Like, they played the patient game, and they, they won it on Battlefield. It was smart. The Samuro, the Garrosh Diva was kind of weird, but like it was just a couple of some positioning errors that cost them that fight. They could have won that game, I felt. I you agree, know? and I think they showed their trick too early. And they just they didn't get anything out of it the first time, and then everybody knew what was coming. Yeah, and then like the I don't even. I'm just gonna mute. <laughs> It was bad. Oh, man. Anyways, that's uh, as much of our coverage as we can get into an hour and 40 minutes. We can't shake the clown fiesta stereotype if we keep doing clown fiesta stuff. (laughs) All right. 
Just saying. I'm that. I'm, no. I'm, I agree with him. Like, the ending is very disappointing when you... For, for the last NA fight to end that way, when you've had all this, like, feel-good story going through BlizzCon about NA, and then it the last thing that happens involves a lost Vikings draft with ends. The match ends in like 12 minutes. It, Tracer it's, stitches lost Viking. Yeah. It, it's, those three it's hitters a sucky feeling. Energy. The, yeah. That's, <sighs> those are three different comps. <laughs> yeah, they are. Oh my goodness. It's like Glaurong just headbutted the keyboard, hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, the weirdest thing about that for me is, is I've never even, thought goku would play something like that because he doesn't normally play well clearly he didn't didn't until that day (laughs) but i don't know hcc overall was pretty good Uh, no it was it was it was it was a great tournament we got our first two time winners it was out of three tournaments out of five tournaments i i don't really okay so there's it's, BlizzCon it's, 2015. It's no, no, okay. I understand. The, I know the first five team from. to win two since the inception of Heroes, because when you say two time, no matter how you say it, it sounds like they did it consecutively and they didn't. You don't no, count wait. the very first tournament because the very first ten- tournament was an invitational, and board. Yeah, yeah. Board yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can say that. But okay, so it's four. So you got spring 2016, summer 2016, fall 2016. Wait, no, because there's three tournaments in 2016, right? So there's spring, summer, fall, and then there yeah. was midseason brawl, and then there was BlizzCon. So there are still five, if oh. you're not counting the original BlizzCon, which is pretty fair not to count. It's not quite Freak's Basement, but it's pretty fair. Um, Shout out to Hank Bobby Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Hank Hill. There you um, go. Yeah. He was a nice guy. So, yeah. MVP won twice. Uh, props to them. Very, very good team. Hopefully we can get some at least EU wins again. I like Western teams winning. Can Hopefully NA can way. reach top four in the next two globals. I think would be really cool. Just start pulling some North Korean shenanigans and start kidnapping South Koreans. And just oh have- my goodness! Let's um, not go down that path. Uh, nah. Anyways, Blizz Pro does not condone kidnapping. <laughs> there we go. We don't, we don't kid, condone we kidnapping. one show without having to give out that disclaimer? <laughs> I know. Anyways, well, we're... Well, I'm still on the show. Oh, we, are, we are so over time, but it is BlizzCon, so that's expected. Uh, follow us on Twitter.com slash Heroes Power. Patreon.com slash Heroes Power if you want to support the show. Check out all the archive episodes and VODs on YouTube.com slash BlizzPro. Uh, any closing thoughts before we uh, finish up uh, Balrog Pan? Um, my closing thoughts are Willie's. All right, Zexus. You, you have you have two why? closing thoughts. Uh, rework Chen and rework Chen, you turds. Physical art. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, BlizzCon was a good time, and I hope to see people there next year, and now we have to find out what to fill our HGC time with. Well, we have a couple weeks, I think, till we start that. But anyways, or at least P- we have Junker. Right we, have, we have some time off. PFLMG, how about you? Um, the Nexus commentary says stuff. We got Rex League. We got uh, Training Grounds. Uh, follow that Twitch channel for it on Thursdays and Sundays. We've got cool stuff in the works. I've got some stats coming up. Other than that, 
Go to bed, you crazy kids. Yep. Make sure to stay tight, and we'll leave you with this great quote from Wolf from the HGC this weekend. Crazy way to start this series. I feel like if you're black, you've simply made every wrong choice.